Hi everyone, this is Georgiana with a new episode of Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast. My guest for today is Tobias Freund. He is from Berlin. Welcome, Tobias. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Hello. Um, Tobias is actually a multiple entrepreneur with solid experience in founding, acquiring, and exiting startups. And the reason I got in touch with him basically is uh, that he has very vast experience in entrepreneurship, in um, CSR, employer branding. But what really attracted my attention is the way that he transforms CSR into employer branding tactics or uses uses it for employer branding tactics. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. Tobias, first, please introduce yourself and let us know what you've been working on recently because you've worked on many, many companies and many projects. So maybe just tell us a few things about the most important ones for you. Yeah, hello, Georgiana. Thank you for having me. Um, yes, I mean, you, you mostly said uh, just from a meter perspective what I'm doing, but uh, mainly my focus is at the moment CSR, as you said, and uh, purpose-driven activities. So this is for me a, a very important topic that everything I do and everything I want my employees to do is uh, really purpose-driven. And um, this... Yeah, goes a lot hand in hand with the ventures I, I did before. And um, so many of my background is technology uh, in, in the B2B sphere and uh, software as a service, if we want to narrow it down on, on a bit on a product side. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's always interesting for me to, to talk to people who know the tech scene in Berlin and in Germany overall, because my experience so far in working with companies in both Germany, Romania and the United States has been that employer branding is applied differently throughout the continent and throughout all these countries. And I was wondering, in your opinion, what do Berlin companies do well when it comes to employer branding and what do they claim they do and they don't really do in reality? Um, well, the second one is a bit hard to tell because I, I can't really look behind the doors of uh, <laughs> the, the, the uh, industry here in Berlin uh, in general. But I think Berlin itself has a certain attraction, especially when it comes to attract new talent. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a metropole that uh, has uh, or that claims to be a lot uh, in the, when it comes to diversity, when it comes to like uh, uh, going out, when it comes to um, chances to develop oneself and i think that this is basically true i think there there are not many places uh in germany as a, definitely but even in europe uh that can deliver such a variety and so much potential to people uh berlin is fast-paced and and i think now we come to the employer branding side i think most startups um want to claim uh, this uh to themselves as well to be fast paced and i think most of them are um and but they really play the card right so we are from berlin we are really cool we are uh, hyper international we are super open diversity yay and so when it comes to the second part of your question uh like so to say that they they are not really um keeping it up to what they promise i i think some uh, some make it too easy for themselves, like just putting a, a, a kicker table or a, a ping pong table into a meeting room and saying, hey, um, this is new work. So um, yeah. 
obviously th this goes hand in hand with um, uh, the resources a company has and startups in general normally have very tight resources so uh, I, I wouldn't blame them doing it but um, just to say hey we're from Berlin and we offer um, free uh, beers on a Friday and we have mm -hmm. uh, a ping pong table is, is not enough and I think that's that might go into your second question, like uh, who, who is not doing a well job? And they definitely yeah. exist. Yeah, speak, speaking of, uh, of beer, I'm working out of Hamburg today and the WeWork in Hamburg has free beer between 5 yeah. and 7 p.m. And that was a, a bit strange, probably part of the same package that some companies offer their, their employees when it comes to um, employer branding, tangible offerings and tangible uh, benefits. Mm. However, I've, I've seen with time that in in many instances, budgets are much more consistent in um, the medical sector, for example. That was quite a surprise for me to find out that various hospitals in Germany are running employer branding programs. That to me was really news because in Romania, for instance, they wouldn't even think about it. Although all the doctors in Romania are going to Germany and to France. And um, I was wondering, what's your take on it? Why do startups in Germany don't, how could I put it, don't really develop the employer branding initiatives that they would want to? Is it just a matter of budgets or is it something else as well? I think in, in, in the past 10 years, there was such a hype that they didn't really need to. I think this is now, especially under the, the current circumstances of inflation and, and uh, 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 yeah, the, the, the money that is in, let's say, the, the CV market. So this is now changing, but there was no big need. And, and, and on the opposite, if you take the medical sector, I mean, there's such a huge gap of um, need uh, uh, of uh, to get the right employees in, uh, especially throughout COVID, this was uh, very transparent. And this was not always a matter of money, even though, I mean, uh, public public healthcare is, or they, it's said to be really good in Germany, but I mean, there are funds missing. Uh, mm -hmm. But when it comes to employer branding, I think that, that they, they had much earlier the need um, to, to transfer what they offer to the outside. And um, so this might be the reason that, uh, that you found uh, the medical sector to be a very uh, proceeded in, in this way. Um, and this might change now due to, uh, to the current circumstances. I said um, that startups have to really uh, figure out ways to, to brand themselves much earlier than they used to have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Speaking about leadership, because it goes hand in hand with employer branding, of course, how much should leadership get involved when it comes to company culture? And how much do they really do in Germany, where I've discovered that many, many companies have very conservative mm. cultures? Um, so from, from my perspective, it's a, it's a must. So it, the leadership needs to be connected in, in uh, basically all the people activities, because the culture is, is one of the most relevant uh, factors of a company to succeed, especially in, in a growth phase. So if if you can't as a leader keep the culture and enhance the people together to to steer in one direction, um, the business is most likely meant to to go out of business soon, because then this is like a chain reaction 
if someone if the culture is rotten to a certain extent people will leave and this will then get other people also to leave and then um, this is a process that is hard to block at a later stage because you lost your credibility um, when it comes to Germany overall again from a meter perspective I think this uh, uh, really depends on on the maturity of, of a company if it's already uh, well set a kind of older family business um, uh, outside of the bigger cities. There are definitely very conservative, conservative views and is delegated to uh, some manager and say, well, do something about employer branding and maybe a bit CSR. So check behind it and please uh, let us do the way we did the past and uh, decades. But um, I experienced and I, I came across many of actually these companies that realized it needs to be different and then they went in like with full force and 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 these are the ones that i really think are, are doing a great job let's say there's a the hidden champion producing some kind of special screw that is uh, <laughs> exported all over the world and is a multi-billion industry and and so money is really not the, the matter why things are being done or not and and when they when these kind of companies realize okay um well culture has developed in the past decades and we need to develop now when this happens then you have some really some role models but saying this this is uh, still a minor fraction mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are there things that you have discovered germany does really well when it comes to company culture or employer branding or that germany is doing in the same way let's say mm. I mean, branding themselves as a, as a German company is always a bit critical or has been critical in the past, right? Because there are so many stereotypes about being German. And what I found interesting is that, um, especially in a, in a more globalized world, that um, many companies didn't take them very seriously themselves. So they, 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 they had funny ads there. They, they really said, well, we are... We are not that serious company, and 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 try to you know make people aware that this uh, German stereotypes might not always apply. And and I, I found it very very interesting, especially to I mean more in the advertising direction, but also that more and more companies implement the the do so the the informal uh, approach when in speaking to people. I mean um, just as the biggest example at one of the. I think it was two years ago, one of the last uh, um, uh, board meetings and, and investor meetings of um, uh, Mercedes, uh, Dieter Seche, the, the uh, head of the board, he, he came on stage with sneakers, white sneakers and without tie. So this, this was a complete breach uh, of all conducts that you should normally do. And, and yeah. there you can see um, that uh, there is something going on. And, and I think this was also a sign to Tesla and Co. to say, well, hey, we can also do startup and we are also funky and we have a very international view on things. And and, um, and this in all other areas, I mean, there, there's a certain development. And I, I really welcome this development that people in, in, in um, bigger companies search to ways to brand themselves more modern and less, let's say, German. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, so so do I because I intend to stay in Germany. So 
<laughs> I look forward to it. I, I also have to mention during this podcast that what attracted me to your LinkedIn profile is the fact that you initiated two martial arts clubs that actually produce international champions. And I'm, I'm always fascinated by these people who have a very rich career and professional life and then still find some time to dedicate to personal or let's call it um, community responsibility projects. Maybe you can talk to us a little bit about this project in particular and then a little bit about your newest initiative. And in the end, let's see how employer branding connects to corporate social responsibility, because it's a perspective that I that I haven't looked at before. Right. Um, well, I, I even wasn't aware that actually my first club that I found, I, I was, I think, 16. This was the earliest age you are allowed or entitled to to found a, a non-profit sports club in Germany. Uh, and I just did it because I, I, I liked my sports and, and I thought, well, um, uh, maybe I, I do it better than others. <laughs> so it's uh, a, a bit bold, but I, I found my first club. And, and by that, I mean, obviously, I, I learned certain leaderships in there, especially in martial arts. You, you need to have kind of a natural respect, uh, but you can't play this card all the time. Uh, so it, it, I think it brought me to points that I could use at a later stage in my in my business life as well. Um, but uh, the second club I founded was uh, actually in Vienna uh, and I was already um, managing my first startup and um, and there I, I did it a bit more consciously and, and uh, we had a very wide variety of from white collar boxing so people from like managers coming there in the evenings but also really like socially disadvantaged youth and, and this was um, something uh, that that I learned to bring them together over um, on a fundament that is really a, a common ground for them. And so yeah. the manager has no has no power to uh, delegate anything to to the to the 16 year old with migration okay. background. And mm -hmm. it was just uh, up to how much they respected each other and uh, if they could mm -hmm. learn from each other. And this was a good experience. And, and I, I, I still find very valid in day-to-day -day business when you have like young people coming in. I, I'm like around 40s uh, now. And um, when I got interns uh, from a different culture, I'm, I'm so <laughs> uh, so intrigued by what they know and how, what they do. And, and I, I really try to stay curious all the time. Um, because they definitely bring things in that everyone can participate and, and, and nurture from. And um, so this is something I really learned uh, in this phase of my life. Yeah. And then, of course, CSR and employer yeah. branding. Yeah. So, so the, 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 this was basically already my first touch point with, with CSR, bringing managers together with socially <laughs> disadvantaged. Um, but uh, Yes, I think there's a big shift and, and um, uh, you can argue about certain movements, but I think Fridays for Future uh, uh, did a good job to make things aware in, in, in the society. And this um, now we have many different uh, movements from like uh, entrepreneurs for, for future, for instance, uh, uh, grandparents for future, whatever you could basically use any part of the society here. And, and I think this is a good chance, but um, due to COVID and also now due to the war in Ukraine, I mean, these things have moved back in priority, which I understand. But uh, I mean, it's not off the table. 
So um, I think for me as, 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 a, as a father, for everyone else being a, an, an active part of the society, it's a duty to not get this out of sight. And in my honest opinion, I think is the biggest duty in politics, yes, but politics is always thinking in terms of like uh, the next four years or five years, depending where you are from, and if they get voted again. But what is a constant in our society is uh, 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 the economy and all the private health businesses. And this is where the money is in and this is where the power is in also to have influence on uh, uh, the politics. So um, this is the angle where I think we have the biggest leverage. And that is why I, I really committed my past ventures uh, on influencing those businesses to be more active, to do more. And on the other hand, it's not donating, right? Because donation is just, okay, here's my money, do something good with it, and that's fine. But I think if we can return something um, useful by donating or by spending money, by investing money into a greater good, then I think corporates are much more willing to do so. And then here we are with employer branding. I think if you connect employer branding and corporate social responsibility, there's a benefit on the one hand for uh, for managers that rather think in like economic KPIs. Yep. And on the other hand, you have got a positive output. And for me, it's really important that there's a shift in thinking that doing good uh, and, uh, and having a, a good impact on society and environment does not necessarily mean non-profit. It's, yep. it's actually the opposite. If we make impact companies profitable and a good place where they can uh, spend a, a good amount of money to, um, to pay the employees, to uh, brand themselves positively, to be a really a, a game changer in the economic, only then we can reach our goals. If we still keep them in the corner as a non-profit and A, you earn money with that by doing good, how yeah. how does it work? I think this is this is really the wrong thinking, and, and this is something I, I, with my last venture with the current venture we break up, and and like the current one is with education, which I here we are again with the sports club educating people. This is something where I really believe is a is a big leverage in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and basically, tomorrow university is a connection or facilitates a connection between university students and companies? Did I understand correctly? Yes, this is one part. So basically, first of all, it's, it's a fully remote, or let's say remote first uh, university mm -hmm. with an accredited degree. So you can have an accredited uh, bachelor or master degree in there. So that's important to know. Uh, and secondly, um, the corporates I work with, they can basically decide whether they want to upskill current employees. And that's also important because we have uh, uh, an older generation of employees that don't have the skills that are uh, important for, let's say, the next five to ten years, and then they, they need to be laid off, and this is also a very expensive uh, um, undertaking. Oh, yeah. Or you upskill them uh, uh, with with the skills you need to be uh, sustainable, to be technological savvy, uh, or to have like uh, entrepreneurs and residents that. Um, like take parts of your company to a different level to diversify. So these are basically the fields that we educate in Tomorrow's University is uh, technology, sustainability, and entrepreneurship. 
Mm -hmm. And in, in what you've seen so far in the ventures that you've founded and maybe in other companies in, in Germany as well, have you discovered any direct correlation between good and strong CSR initiatives and a high employee retention? How, how good do employees respond to these? Um, I, I can only rely here on studies and that these studies said that uh, especially during COVID, there was a big differentiation between companies that were CSR active and those that weren't. So, and this leads again to what I initially said, I think purpose is one of the decisive factors whether companies can uh, keep their employees satisfied and happy on the long run. Because yeah. I think it was an American study, I'm not sure, but I just read uh, a few months ago that if you earn above a certain amount of money, it doesn't really matter anymore. So as I think it was about around like 4,000 euros. So if you earn 4,000 euros, it doesn't matter if you've earned five, six, seven, eight, nine, that's nice, but it won't keep you with the uh, employer if your purpose is not uh, covered. And and then, I mean, the only way to, to deliver purpose to your employees are just two things. It's, it's your product or your culture. And the culture, cannot sustain if, 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 if you just are uh, like looking to the inside, let's say uh, what your revenue is, how many customers you have, like just this economic uh, cold factors. But if you deliver, like you can be our accountant, but at the same time, you can uh, learn how to be influential in the company to, to, to make it more sustainable if you can uh, drive initiatives like that. There are many different parts. I mean, it's not just about education. There's also volunteers. There's, yeah, there's, there's volunteering, which I find really useful. But I mean, on the other side, you don't, you can't force people to go somewhere and, and, and do good with, with uh, in any social project. So I think you need to have a, a decent portfolio or in, even better, you have a product that is intrinsically uh, purposed. And um, and uh, and this is where I aim to, like the people, the, the students that we educate, that they are the entrepreneurs of the next generation that have the solution to uh, uh, ex like inhale the, all the carbon dioxide that are able to uh, make uh, our seas unpolluted that are what, whatsoever. I mean, there's so many, so many fires uh, that we need to extinguish. And uh, if you if you are in such a company, then uh, uh, as an employer, you have a big advantage because you don't need to care uh, so much. You need to care, but you don't need to care as much for uh, for your employees to be to have a purpose than those who are just um, selling a smartphone. Mm -hmm. This is very very valuable input because. Usually when we talk to our clients about recruitment marketing campaigns or about what we can do in terms of employer branding for them, we always look inside and try to put on social media as much employee generated content as possible. But what you are saying now reinforces to me the belief that you can do so much outside of the company as well and then use it as a as a way to attract people, to reinforce your purpose, and yeah, in the end, to, to gain awareness. So it, it really makes a lot of sense. And um, 
and I definitely will look at that more more closely. Also, sure. also don't get me wrong, uh, because I said the example with a smartphone producer. I mean, we all use smartphones, so uh, mm -hmm. uh, and we all need smartphones, and, and you can look into many other products. The, the couch I'm sitting on right now, that to produce that uh, probably won't give much purpose to the, the people who produce it. And in this case, you know, you you have you are forced to look to the outside where you can like enrich your company with purpose and, and with activities. And I think to be socially engaged is, is a good way to do so. Absolutely. And since we're, we're approaching the end of this discussion, um, I wanted to touch a little bit on diversity and inclusion. I will also be talking about this topic next week with, uh, with another guest exclusively exclusively about diversity and inclusion. So I was wondering, in your opinion, how important is diversity in strengthening organizational culture? And how far ahead is Germany with regards to this topic? Gender mm -hmm. diversity, or let's say the pay gap, for instance. Um, so, so let's start with diversity in general. I think it's, it's a driver for innovation. Because as I said initially, I, I listened carefully to the interns of, let's say, 18 years. Uh, which also is uh, age is also a diversity uh, factor, um, but uh, I, I always think that whoever has um, the competencies to, to work on, on, on a different on a certain position, um, not only brings in the competencies like to the hard facts, like to to let's say to code as a developer or to write nice posts as a social media manager, they have a big stack of, of uh, skills that are outside of their actual position. And I think what employers need to be aware of is that you can actually make use in a positive way uh, from this skill set that people bring apart from their original uh, skill set, why you, they were hired for initially. And the more diverse people are, the more skills you can have access to, and uh, and and that's that's an, an, a huge advantage, especially in bigger organizations, to drive innovation because the way of thinking is always different. If you have like, if I have in my company only like one hundred Tobiases sitting there, how boring would the meetings be? <laughs> you know, I would only have nodding people uh, just repeating what I just said. So. Uh, I mean, speaking literally here, the more diverse than it is, the more input I get. And the more open I stay for this input, the better I can become. Um, saying this, I mean, we have Germany is, is, is quite a huge country. There are structures, there, there have been things. Uh, there's also sometimes, uh, you know, this, this thing is, okay, we always did it like that. So why should we change it? Uh, so it was okay in the past uh, decades. Um, so uh, a payment, uh, 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 so pay gap um, uh, is one of these topics. And um, so, but I, I see first efforts uh, for like equal pay straight uh, straight away. It's a very difficult topic, I have to say. I mean, be, be, being uh, in charge of payrolls, uh, and it's, it's not easy to tackle because you have actually to look into every case individually. Uh, and and but in general, I mean, looking at the statistics again, um, 
uh, and also taking into consideration that most women, if they have children, are out of business. So if you look at the total uh, uh, salary they get over their life, there's, there must be a, a cut in between just for this uh, biological uh, mm. uh, uh, topic. Um, but not, nonetheless, um, uh, there, there are efforts, and, and I highly support these efforts. Um, uh, I, I think especially that, that there are still discussions about male and female uh, advantages or disadvantages is, is, is a, a big problem. Mm -hmm. We're slowly getting there, probably, in Germany. And and now I'm, I'm really sure we are getting there. As, I, I, as I see good movements, especially with, with the up uh, with the uprise of the internet, so the access to information, the more transparency is getting in, uh, and and this makes it harder for very stubborn uh, managers to to stay as, as they are. I don't think this will be very sustainable. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, and. Um... The last question is, where do you see employer branding in Germany a few years from now? Saying so, I, 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 I mean, otherwise I wouldn't have founded uh, those ventures in that field, but I think that CSR is getting more and more important. Um, and uh, the, the, the more we are confronted with uh, the outcomes of, um, uh, of the climate crisis, the, the more we see how much needs to be done. Um, but also like refugee topics and um, th there's, there's a pressure, there's, there's a growing pressure, unfortunately, um, because this means that, that there's, uh, there's unfortunate people um, out there and, 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 uh, and there's a, a, a miss, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a wrong development in, in the environment. Um, so and this, this development can't be um, ignored. So this is why I'm, I strongly believe that CSR, uh, DSGL, uh, um, and all those uh, topics will gain more and more importance. Tobias, where can people find you? Where? Yes. Um, In Berlin, and aside from that. In Berlin, uh, and normally like all the the business people on LinkedIn, uh, this is a good way to connect uh, and otherwise in, in one of my sports clubs. <laughs> Perfect. This has been very valuable. Uh, thank you so much for your time and good luck growing your newest venture. Thank you very much. This was Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast. You can find our podcasts on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and content on employer branding related themes on employerbranding.tech. Until the next time, stay tuned. Bye.